you would not have got. I don't know where where I'm going with this. Down a cul-de-sac. No, no, no. I know what I want to say, but I don't know how to get to it. Um, Use your people words. Week six of the Long Snapper podcast. I'm joined by the full crew this week. I've got Martin, Craig and Mark and we're all here ready to go. Boys, it's been a while since we've all been together, hasn't it? It's nice. It's lovely. Well. Hello, hello, boys. Lovely stretching it, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. So we're here. We're going to be talking everything you need to know about week six of the NFL from fantasy to reality. And um, as always, a quick gambling update. Now, this gambling thing seems to have died a death. Let's be honest. Nobody posted their bets. Um, Is it it? I never saw a bet from you. So the WhatsApp group, I posted it before the Thursday game. I do mine um, before the Thursday night game. Okay, well, I didn't see that. Um, Craig didn't. Craig didn't do anything, no. um, Mark didn't do anything, and I didn't do anything. Um, should we just give Martin the money now? Well, we may as well, because I think we've got, what, one more week? And so it's yeah. shit or bust. I've only got three quid left. Yeah. And I need basically a, a, a complete week seven accumulated to come in to stand any chance. Yeah, man. I'm going to roll the dice. Oh, one more week, <laughs> mate. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go for it and then see what happens. <laughs> okay. Well, you know. And I, I, my accumulator failed at the first hurdle with the... Um, Denver going down in the Thursday night one so that was mm. it was all over before it started for me yeah yeah there's there's a lot of stuff that's been all over uh, this this week uh, we'll get to that on the corner um, I've done a little quiz for you chaps so strap yourselves in this is a week six quiz there's one question on general knowledge and there's one question on vaguely your own team or interest so Craig I'll start with you um only three rookies have gained more yards over six games than Ezekiel Elliott. I'll give you I'll give you Billy Sims because I've never heard from him about him. He, he sounds like an extra from EastEnders. Um, can you name another? Dickerson. That's correct. Do you know the other? Just by that. just by chance. I didn't realise anyone had more than him. I'll go AP, but I didn't realise anyone else. That's had correct. Him. I'll give you both of those. Martin, now we all we all know your infatuation with kickers. Um, Adam Vinatieri now has the third longest streak for successful field goals. Can you name the two above him? Well, Stowski had a, a hell of a run, didn't he? Is that one of your answers? Yeah. No. <coughs> no, not Gostowski. Not Gostowski. Yeah. Um, the other one, Seabass Janikowski. <coughs> no. So you've got both of those wrong, uh, keeping up your trend. Um, Mark, the Colts are the only team this year to do what? Score and allow 20 points per game. Average less than 50 yards rushing through six games. Or have a safety, an interception return, a fumble return and block a field goal. Uh, well, I'm sure that Gore has done better than 50 yards by himself in a lot of those games. So I'm, I don't think it's that one. 
score and allow 20 points per game. That I can believe, but I, I'm going to go with the third one, the safety, the block field goal and all of that jazz. No, you're wrong. It's they are the, first, the only team this year to score and allow 20 points per game. Yeah. So Craig's in the lead. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, but it was Craig Cheers, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Bants. Um, Craig. The Jets benched their QB last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, In case you didn't know, mate. <laughs> they replaced him with Geno Smith. <laughs> um, I don't like all the chuckling boys. Well, you know, like a better team. Third string quarterback, Christian Hackenberg, remained on the bench. But how many spots above Dak Prescott was Hackenberg taken? Was it 64, 74 or 84? 74. That's incorrect. It was 84. 84. 84 picks. 84 picks. Wow. Yeah. Which is an incredible <sighs> stat. That's incredible yeah, well, that, ineptitude by a lot of teams. That's what, that's what we do in the draft. <laughs> uh, Martin. Jay Ajayi rushed for 200 yards in week six. Only four of the Dolphins running backs have ever achieved that. Can you name two of them? Ricky Williams. He's done it on a couple of occasions, but I guess I don't count that he's done it twice. And, 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 and... Oh, I'd imagine Larry Zonka did it at some point. So I'll go Ricky Williams and Larry Zonka. I'll give you one more guess. One more guess. Can you uh, level it up? Go... Mercury Morrison. Nope. Um, Lamar Smith in 2002 I think in the playoffs and Reggie Bush are the only Bush. other Dolphins to have rushed for 200 yards so Mark you've got to you've got to get this right basically to force a tie break with Craig All right. Martin's still pointless just thought I'd point that out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that just a statement in life who was the Ricky last Ricky Williams was the right answer yeah but you know the other one wasn't so. and he did it twice so then <laughs> Um, who was the last player to rush for three TDs in a game for the Buffalo Bills? Oh, wow. I, I can't believe it would be as far back as that, but Thurman Thomas? No, it wasn't quite that far back. I mean, it was way back. It was Willis McGahey against Seattle in 2004. So, Craig, you are the winner of this week's quiz. And standards. You get the music. Play my music. <laughs> So, there we have it. Let's move on. Yeah, week six, pretty good week. Uh, there was some... To, to look at the week on paper, it, it was crap, wasn't it, to be honest? But um, before we talk about uh, this week's games, I, I just want to plug a few things. We're, if you want to keep up with us on Twitter, you can follow the the pitfalls of my fantasy team, can't you, Martin, on uh, our Twitter feed, which is Long Snap Pod. Um, you can have a look at some bits and bobs that various members of our fantasy league um, contribute to on the Tuesday PM Long Snapper WordPress. And you can also find us at Long Snapper Pod on Facebook. And there's some stuff going up there. I've discovered uh, GIFs this week. So, you know, expect a few of those. We've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a 37 year old man. And I've just discovered GIFs. <laughs> 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 it's pathetic. Um, I suppose um, I, I was a flicking... 38-year-old man, and I still thought they were pronounced 
gifs or you know, gifs or they gifs. They're gifs. Gif. Gif is a. You're thinking of a cleaning product. No, no. Gif is a. A gif is an old school. Um, it's not called that anymore. They changed it. What they call it to? Sif. Sif. Yeah, but G- a, a GIF in that computing is terms is an old school computer image, isn't it? But, you know, that's me being yeah. ultra nerdy. Yeah. Um, I think we should start by touching on what Eli Manning has said in the press this week, saying that he's sick of Odell Beckham and his antics. Who wins in that argument if it comes down to Eli saying him or me? I think Eli wins. I think he's a franchise quarterback. I think you're far more likely to find... I know it, Beckham's a sort of transcendent player. He's once in a you know, kind of generation player, but there's a lot of good receivers. I think the fall-off you get from the receiver position is greater than what you're likely to see at the QB position. I think if you've got a franchise QB that's got five more years or so left on, on the clock, who's got a couple of rings for you already, I think Eli wins. I'm going to go ahead and say Eli, Eli is smart enough to not put anybody in that position. Um, I think that, yeah, you know, on the face of it, he's a franchise QB, two Super Bowl rings, top boy. But he is prone to a mistake and he ain't on the up, is he? OBJ is the future of that franchise and Eli is uh, smart enough to know he needs to find a way of bring him along. He, he, he does not want to uh, have any problems with that man. I agree with Martin. I think it's Eli wins. Um, he's he's the QB. Um, Beckham has definitely got the ability to be a dick in him, um, as we've seen. I'm I'm already sick to death of this bollocks with the kicking net. Um, clearly, he's a great receiver, and Manning needs him, but. He's, you can see why the locker room gets frustrated with him and he's got potential to be a bit of a cock. Age not exactly on Eli's side. You've got probably 10 years of, of Beckham and you've probably only got two or three more of Eli. I think the other thing there and touching on that is what they'd get for the player. I think that most teams would perhaps jump at Eli, but you would get an awful lot in the way of draft picks for any team to pick up Beckham. So I think that the value on the open market versus what they're worth to your franchise. I think that again, Eli is the one that sticks around on the back of that. Undeniably this week, the game of the week had to be the Browns and the Titans. Um, It's over for the Browns who are probably, in my opinion, one of the worst professional sports teams of my lifetime. Where do they go? Where do they go from here? What can they do to turn it around? I think they, they 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 keep their head coach. I think Hugh Jackson's a you know a very good coach. They've obviously tanked this season. They knew it was going to be a rough one. They're trying a few things, trying a few players. They've you know amassed a huge number of draft picks, and they're building for the future. I think if they give that man a bit of time to to build and get the team he wants, you know I, I think that it is the only way is up for them. The thing with the Browns is at least they've been in games. Um, excluding the Eagles game first up. They put 20 on the Ravens, 24 against the Dolphins, 20 on the Redskins, 26 against the Titans. At least they're scoring some points. And with the injuries they've had this year, RG3 and then the backup, um, Corey Graham, who looked like he was having put together a decent season um, up until he got injured in week two. Coleman, Corey Coleman. Sorry, Corey Coleman. Um, until he got injured week two, looked like a good weapon. 
they're scoring points and they're in games at least it's something to build on for next season but I agree they're right first can be first overall pick they're shit though that, that is the thing I like Hugh Jackson but they are fucking awful and they have proven time and time again how awful they are I, I just got no positives about them it really is they've meant to have had these four, they, I mean the, the, the new start every year they get the first pick a lot or first one, two, three. I mean, it is, it is a sad old franchise. Good thing they got a basketball team over there. <laughs> the, tit- the Titans, uh, two wins in a row now. It's been a while since that's happened. Um, good on them. And, and Adam, uh, who was with us last week, I'm sure is probably still on the piss, to be honest. Um, do we think that this might be them turning a corner and actually getting it right? Or do you think... You know, it was just it's just the Browns. That is the Browns. Everyone beats the Browns. I think come back, you know, next game we'll we'll see how they're doing then when they've got to play someone like, you know, the Colts, Jags, San Diego. Let's see if how they do next three games. I you know, I'm I'm still not massive on the Titans. I think they've got the building blocks to to start putting together something. You know, they've they've got, you know, uh, a rejuvenated Murray in the backfield. They've got an exciting young quarterback. You know, Tarjay Sharp looks like an exciting rookie wide receiver. A couple of pieces on defense. I, I think that franchise is, is moving in the right direction. They're, they're, they're still a way off, but they're at least interesting to watch now, which is something you probably haven't been able to say for, for a decade. What a catch by um, Kendall Wright as well for that touchdown. But as I pointed out on Twitter, um, defensive players are idiots. <laughs> he lays out full length to catch that ball. Uh, gets up and then gets tackled into the end zone. Seriously. Um, they do realise the object is keep them out of the end zone, not help <laughs> well, I don't think they do half the time. It's probably still high. They love drugs, don't they? A team who nobody expected to be sharing the basement with the Browns are the Panthers. Shocking, really. I don't. They just can't seem to get it right. I mean, the big thing for me on that side is the defence. That defence and, you know, what they're getting toasted regularly. Uh, that stout front looks tame. Um, you've obviously got the big piece missing, which uh, is Norman, but God, you didn't think it would drop off that, but that's the surprise for me. I mean, we saw Cam did what Cam does again, um, but that defense, sixth last year, down to the 30th or 31st now. I mean, that is a big uh, fall off a cliff. I think one of the things they've also had this season was a really tough start to the year, which when you looked at a paper at the beginning of the year, you didn't think Minnesota, you know, Denver, you know, very early on and um, Atlanta were necessarily tough games. But turns out Denver could run the ball and that defense is still outstanding. Minnesota looked like genuine Super Bowl contenders, as do Atlanta. So they played those three in the first four games. So they've had a, they've had a tough run of it. But, you know, that D needs to step up and take some pressure off that offence. That offence looks good, but that D looks bad. And following on from that run, they also then, the, the, the game where you suddenly thought shit when it came to Carolina was the Bucks game. And that was the game where they didn't have Cam Newton at quarterback. So yeah. even if they had that as an option to start to find their mojo, 
they didn't have him and came back, scored a boatload of points against the Saints, but still couldn't keep him out. That that team just looks like it's it's lost its swagger. It's lost its edge. Whether they've been found out or whether their confidence has gone or whatever it is, um, you've got Cam Newton walking out of press conferences and giving his, you know, petulant one word answers. Next question, next question. That's not petulant, man. That's not petulant. Vex. <laughs> He's upset. The man has lost a football he's a, game. He's, a, he's a bad. He's a bad loser. Show me a good loser. loser. I'll show you a loser. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know you the uh, franchise quarterbacks don't walk out of press conferences after losing when you've not been awful, and if they don't go out and saying next question, next question, next question, they don't do it. Show me another quarterback that does that, and there's plenty of other quarterbacks that don't do it that win an awful lot in the NFL. Wait, what? The walking out of press conferences thing, everyone sits and says they want more more personality, they want more interest and and, and more value out of these players. Um, Cam does something slightly controversial and everyone pans him for it. I don't really know what he's supposed to do. But, but my point is, it's that he's, you didn't get that last year and it's the change from what he was doing last year to what, that's, maybe that's the thing. The chemistry in the team isn't working. His mentality is different. Whatever it is, it's clearly affecting them. Um, and they need to sort it out quick if they're going to try and salvage anything. Maybe um, he's just, for the first time, actually seen some of the get-up that he's wearing in these press conferences. <laughs> he's actually realised he's actually <laughs> looked like a massive dick for the first six yeah, he looked, of the season. Yeah, he looked in a mirror. That was the problem. <laughs> um, the Saints, though, they they um, they got the league's best offence, and um, you know they're, they're, they're scoring points. As usual, though, the, the issues lie elsewhere. I mean, I'm not sure they have got the league's best offense. I'll tell you what they have got is that's Drew Brees. He he just finds receivers, no matter who it is. Chuck out a few fellas, and Drew Brees will find them and make them look like well beaters. That you, uh, he is such a good, classy player. I love Drew Brees. I mean, I don't think that Saints team is worth a lick. I'll be honest. I can't see him doing anything. Um, I, they're just not good enough on defense, and I don't think they've got good enough players. But bloody hell, Drew Brees is such a great player. Because the thing they've got is the best passing game in the league because their running game is 29th. Their running game is absolute basement. So yet their offense is second in the league. Their passing game first by a country mile. Mm. So all they've got, they're, they're literally the, you know, the one dimensional team. They can pass the ball, but on, you know, in the passing game, running Ingram hasn't done anything. You know, they're not getting anything, any push from that line. And that D is just God awful. From what I can tell, it's just it's Breeze and Cooks, isn't it? That's basically what's holding that offence together. I'll tell you, he's so fast. Honest to God, Mental. before this year, I did not... He is so fast, that boy. Yeah. Sooner or later, though, Sean Payton's got to answer for, for that defence. I mean... Well, they've just given him another massive contract extension, haven't they? He's there, I think, till around about the end of time. He's so got he's got someone, hasn't he? Must have. Must have. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm, just, I'm looking at the points they've conceded so far. It's crazy. 35, 16, uh, 45, 34, 38. It, mental. How do they win any games? Get a good defensive coach. That, that, go and get a good defensive coach. I tried it with Rob Wine. Obviously, it didn't work. Go He's not a good, good defensive, defensive coach, coach, though. It, it, well, the only reasonable one they had was paying players to break people, weren't they? To, to go and cripple Brett Favre. <laughs> if you're not yeah, cheating, you're not they, they, they did have a good guy, but he just got caught out. The Bills, Mark, kept their run going. 
Sean McCoy looking like the best back in football and um, sticking it to the coach that jettisoned him from the from the Eagles. Yeah, they were good again. It's the Bills are funny because they are, you know, as soon as your man Anthony Lynn has come in, the new offensive coordinator, um, he has basically gone ground and pound. McCoy's doubled his yards per carry in the last four games. He's had three hundred yard um, running games. They've just gone run first. It's it's crazy though that they're now number one in the NFL in rushing, but 31st in passing. Mm. Um, if they had any receivers to throw to, that might be a dangerous team. And we're talking about Rob Ryan. That defense has, you know, since they went 0-2, the odds that you would have got on them being 4-2 at this point, considering the schedule they had, is unbelievable. But the defense has stepped up and Lorenzo Alexander has come from nowhere. So I think have nine sacks now, which is as much as he'd managed in his entire career up to that point. Incredible to have the defenses turn it around. But they didn't have to do a huge amount against the 49ers. I just got to give a shout out to my boy Shady. Jesus Christ, the guy's killing it. Running really well is what I like. I, I do think he's, he's not just getting his opportunities and, and taking them. He's creating chances and he's he's able to bust the big one here um, now and again. So I, I, I really like Shady. However, in terms of the Niners, what I would say is, I mean, they're not going to do nothing this year. But I don't think Cap was as bad as what seems to have come out. I think that he he looked rusty for sure, but made some nice plays, missed a couple of guys by, you know, a, a very small margin, plenty to work on. And I, I like to see I like to see that Niners team again against something not not as stout as that that Bills D. With, with regards to um to Shady, this really reminds me of the situation he had when he was at the Eagles with Michael Vick at QB. Because he was never better than when he had a genuine threat running the ball at QB, which Tyrod Taylor is currently the most effective running quarterback in the league. And I think that just means the defence has got to play 11 men against 11 rather than 11 against 10, which when you've got a back on form like Shady, is just opening the play. I mean, Gillersley, all of them look good running the ball because I think Tyrod Taylor presents that threat. You know, reality is he's more of a threat with his feet than he is with his, with his arm. But, you know, maybe when Watkins comes back, if he can come back fit, maybe that changes a little bit. But I think Tyrell Taylor has been a big factor in how effective the um, the running backs at uh, Buffalo have been. Uh, Kaepernick threw his first touchdown in 364 days. You touched on it slightly there, Craig. Do you, do you think he's really the answer or, or the, the Niners have surely got to go QB shopping in the summer, haven't they? I think this is where you find out, you know, like I say, I think that he didn't look great, but he looked good. And for someone who's got all this Ferrari around him and hasn't played in, in, you know, nearly a year or whatever it is, um, the margins that he did miss by, which could have turned a one TD game into a three TD game and, you know, 300 yards were, were not big. They were, he had some guys over through them, under through them. And he does because he's still got wheels. He presents uh, uh, he, he presents an option. He's got a, a, a still got a strong arm. I, li- I like Cap. Buffalo showing some fight at last, Mark. You, do you think they can take it to the Patriots? Honestly, nah. I'd love <laughs> I'd love to, I'd love to think so. And they're going to have to obviously stick stick on the ground game because they haven't got the weapons receiving to to match it. Um, the Dolphins this week, I, th- I think they could easily go in and there and win to go five and two. But then the next three games after that are home to the Patriots, which is a massive game. Then at the Seahawks and at Cincinnati. 
exactly the fire engine the, the police <laughs> engine say all oh, when it comes to those fixtures um it's we'll know where we, we'll know where they are after that game away at cincinnati after that run of three games i can see them being possibly five and five that's an improvement on last year though right Oh yeah, well yeah, absolutely. And being just being relevant at this stage is being nice. Being relevant after being zero and two is quite nice. Uh, <laughs> Rex fighting for that, Rex fighting to keep his job, isn't he? So. I, I think he's. I think he's pretty much already guaranteed he's going to be there next year. The one thing that the the Bills are desperate for is some fucking receivers. One to stay fit in particular, and then just get some weapons. They've got an offensive line that's the first time it's been the same. I think in about fifteen years from last season to this. Um, the defense is beginning to look solid. They can run the ball. They just need something to throw it to. Another team looking to take on the Pats are the Steelers. Although on this weekend's performance, that ain't going to happen. I don't get the Steelers. They're, they're an odd team. I, I don't understand how you can put some of the performances together that you manage, yet you then go out and be awful against the Dolphins. They were awful against the Eagles earlier on and they've kind of been found out a little bit now. You know, I, I don't understand them as a team. Should be, I don't, like we said last week, I don't know how they lose games and yet they seem to, the two, two of the iffiest teams they've lost to. I don't get it. Uh, I, I'm with you, Mark. It's, a, it's a, I can't put my finger on what, what's wrong because at times they didn't look like they could even really move the ball. So I'm, I'm and that's, you know, a world apart from looking like you can bust it home every play. So I, I'm really unsure about the Steelers. Can't really put my finger on why, uh, where it's going wrong. I think that the Steelers, certainly in that game against the Dolphins, looked like they'd had a serious bad run when it came to injuries. Now, obviously, everyone looks at the Big Ben knock as, as being quite significant. Maybe that affected the long passing game, which once that's gone, really if you can bottle up um, Le'Veon Bell, is the offence that t- tricky to deal with if you can take away the, the long passing game? But I think the injuries that really hurt them were, were on the defence, particularly losing Hayward on the D-line, who's been an absolute anchor for, for them, that all of a sudden, you know, you're getting Jay running for a couple of hundred yards, um, which keeps Big Ben off the field. If you're keeping him off the field and when he is on the field, he's not quite right you know, gets knocked down a lot, takes a lot of hits, gets thrown out of his rhythm a little bit. I think the Dolphins just executed a, you know, the plan, which was we keep the ball, we move the ball, keep that high-powered offense off the field. And it just went better than than the Dolphins ever could have dreamed it could have done. I think the Dolphins obviously listened to this podcast because we were telling them all about Sammy Coates. And um, they obviously thought, right, well, that's the guy we need to shut down. I don't, if, I don't think he even had a catch, did he? I don't think he played any snaps, did he? Well, yeah, quite possibly. So they just obviously thought, you know, let's, um, let's scare him. <laughs> scared, they scared him off of the field. Scared him off the pitch. <laughs> um, so, Martin, do you reckon this is sort of uh, just just one of those weird, unforeseeable performances by the Dolphins, or do you think that it's actually genuine progress? And and also, I just wanted to ask what what happened with um, with Foster because he was meant to play. He was definitely active, wasn't he? Yeah, I think Gase just went with a hot hand. He started with Ajayi. You know, he looked good behind that line. He'd obviously seen some of it in practice. Maybe they threw it out there that, that Foster was supposed to be starting to, you know, bit of um, smoke and mirrors, let the um, Steelers prepare for one back and all of a sudden give them something different. I mean, that wouldn't be unheard of. But when it comes to, I think 
it's an anomaly in a game. I don't think, you know, I think that performance and that result isn't reflective of where the Dolphins are, but I think there is progress. I think Gase obviously was one of the new coaches in, didn't completely clean house. He effectively kept what was left over um, from the, you know, the, the, the previous administration and, and he's going about his changes much more subtly than, than some of the other coaches that have come into their positions and gone wholesale change. And I think, you know, for me, the biggest issue coming from this game is the injury to Rashad Jones. I think that's going to really knock the um, the defence and that's going to have the knock on to the offence. Someone who could do with a bit of a, a, a Dolphin-esque change of fortune is Aaron Rodgers. Seems to be really struggling in Green Bay. What 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 seems to be the problem? What, what do you boys think, Craig? That uh, the previously nailed on cert for the Hall of Fame is is struggling so badly. It's it's hard to put. It's hard to tell why he isn't putting it together consistently because what he's doing it, it isn't always bad luck. He's he's making bad passes. He's making bad decisions. You look one minute. You know, he's doing that thing where his feet are moving like unbelievably fast, but also completely still at the same time. And he's just gliding around the pocket. And then the others, he looks rushed. He looks unsure. He's short arm in his throws. 17 games, he's not thrown for 300 yards. 17 games. That's a, 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 a un, unreal statistic. The guys are in a real problem. They've got to get it together. He's got to find something. Yeah, I watched this game and I watched um, Aaron Rodgers quite closely and there's something seriously wrong there. He doesn't look right. His his body language is all wrong. He's missing open receivers um, on a lot of occasions, making bad decisions. They clearly don't trust their running game at all. Um, so they're having to put it in Rodgers' hands. It's There's something seriously not right with that team. I've never heard Lambeau Field booing their own side like they were in this game. It's um, there's yeah, Something's got to happen quick. He looks to me like um, like a golfer that's got a bit of a glitch in his swing or something. Just something's in there mentally that's just not allowing him to be comfortable in the way he throws the ball uh, and what he's doing when he's there you know, in those situations. It's just like there's something mentally gone wrong with him. I don't think it's an injury. I don't think there's anything like that. I just think he's got something in his head that's just making him rush. It's a bit of a continuation of last year though, isn't it? It's that we you got the glimpses of this last season when it was happening, um, when he wasn't quite the same, despite how far they got in the season and into the playoffs. You could see it wasn't quite right and there's definitely been a, hang, been a, a hangover from last season to this. And yeah, something not right in Green Bay. A stat that I heard was that he has a lower QB rating when he has no pressure than when he actually has pressure. So that would suggest to me that there's something mentally going on with him, that he he's just not seeing the field in the way that he, he used to. Maybe we're starting to see a decline. Maybe he's injured. Who knows? From a quarterback who's struggling to one who star keeps on rising and rising and, and, and that, that Prescott again threw more fuel on the QB contra- controversy fire this week I mean you've got to start thinking now that Romo's days could be numbered well I, I told you this I've, I've already I, I told you this two weeks ago did I could do your shot Tony mate listen Craig I told you in pre-season mate I told you do 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 you shop him? I I, I like that. I like that team. I like the I like it. I like the way he handles himself. 
this is little things that, that you know you know when you see uh, particularly the quarterback how they interact with their teammates this was rookie QB and he weren't first pick overall do you know what I mean and he, he, he's, he's very much in it he's very much uh, the leader they've bought into him and you know him and Zeke have every opportunity to take this team as far as I can this year I don't think Tony Romo starts I don't think you consider it I think if Prescott's fit and that team continue to win, which they are, he stays in. I think when you've got, uh, during the game yesterday, they had no less than Troy Aitman and Brett Favre at one point in the commentary booth talking about this very issue. And like, like them or hate them, those guys know about playing the quarterback position. No, don't. <laughs> <laughs> and when they are both saying, and the other people are saying, we've got Emmett Smith saying it now, that you stick with Dak Prescott, don't fuck with the chemistry at five and one, you keep it rolling. I don't think Romo comes back into that side. I'm not convinced unless there's an injury, you see Romo play another snap as the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. I can't see that happening. I I think the second Romo's fit, he'll be playing. And I disagree. Look, him and him and Jerry Jones, man, they've got history and I reckon I reckon Tony's a brown nose, you know. <laughs> And, and, and Tony's very nearly got him there before, didn't he? You know, that, that um, Des Bryant catch wasn't a catch was all that separated them from, you know, who knows where, where they go on to from, from that. Do they get through the championship game to the Super Bowl, yada, yada. He's proven to have some clutch about him to go there. I think there's still an awful lot of games to go. Any kind of slip up or, or showing of a lack of experience is the excuse they'll need to put Romo back in and say, look, he's been there. He's taken us to those playoff games before. The new lad will be around for a while yet. So we'll go with the, the exp- old experienced hand for the time being. The old experienced hand who hasn't done anything. Him and Philip Rivers, they are two sides of the same coin. He has not done it. And if Dak and that team have any have a run and they'll make the playoffs... I think you ride him. You ride him and you shop Tony for as much as you can get because in two years' time, he ain't getting nothing for him. I'm interested to see if the coach has got the balls to do it. If, um, you know, it's a bit of a Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady situation when there's a guy come in because a veteran's injured, he plays well, um, and then you stick with him because he's playing well. I'll be interested to see if he's got the stones to stick with the hot hand. I'll just uh, throw a little bit of a caution on on onto this with we've we've seen rookies come in and have good stretches and then be given jobs and disappear up their own arsehole I'm not saying it'll happen to Dak Prescott because he he does seem to have something about him but the the potential is there and I think that's potentially what um, will keep Romo in his job. Um, we'll know after next week, won't we? When he's when he's meant to be fit, we'll know. And um, I, I I hope they stick with it. And he's he's helped by what Ezekiel Elliott's doing. Um, but I think with the chemistry that those rookie boys have got and the rookie, the receivers that he's finding, I think you, you stick with it for as long as you can. From the top of the NFC to the top of the AFC and the, the real Oakland Raiders showed up on Sunday in what looked like some kind of Southeast Asian monsoon. Well, anyone that's played any kind of football in this country, that's um, week in, week out, isn't it? Just hosing it down with rain, <laughs> howling winds. <laughs> That's just every Sunday Liga that's, you know, ever. That's, that, 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 that's part and parcel. That's not what you're expecting to see your, your NFL game. And 
I think the the hurricane was supposed to be down on the um, the other side of the country, but it seemed to find its way up to to Oakland. But that just looked miserable, and that did not suit the boys in black at all. That you know they were well out of sorts. You know their kind of high octane passing game just was hamstrung beyond belief, and just you know the the, the dominance that uh, the running game at Kansas City have over the Oakland Raiders was was very very evident. Perfect day for the Chiefs, really. They, I mean, they, they, I'm a Chiefs fan, as you know. They played boring American football. Alex Smith, I didn't see a pass past the first down marker until at least the middle of the second quarter. Just banging the ball up, 20, 19, 20 play drives. Perfect for them. Miserable for the fans. Let's wrap things up by talking about the Atlanta Falcons and the Seahawks game. That was... A bit of a statement from the Falcons, even though they lost. Well, they lost because of a dodgy, dodgy pass interference call at the end, didn't they? Well, they didn't lose because uh, of that. that. They still had a bit of work to do right. after that, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm being facetious, but it was it certainly didn't help. They should have. They should have. They had opportunities to kill that game. There's no two ways about it. Uh, it didn't come down to that one call. However. If you do want to moan about a call, <laughs> you could probably get away moaning about that one. I mean, he literally had his arm pinned down, <laughs> and and he's and he's touched it with his other hand. So, uh, you know, Julio makes that catch if Sherman's not vice gripping his hand to his chest. So, uh, it's a, it, it it was a bad one. But the Falcons are, are real. The Falcons are very very real. And some of the most entertaining uh, scenes of Dan Quinn absolutely losing his shit on the sideline <laughs> with that yeah. not cool. He went bolo. He looks like a terrifying bloke as well. Yeah, I, I, he, uh, that that fourth official down on that sideline there was shitting his pants. I think he <laughs> thought that Quinn was going to come over and pan him. But <laughs> it, it, it was a penalty, but I think the Seahawks looked better than the Falcons for big stretches of that game. Um, which is no slight on the Falcons at all because the Seahawks were a really, really good sign. Mm. You know, so these are two NFC powerhouses that I think, you know, we could see in the playoffs and, and could well meet each other on the on the way. And, you know, who knows which way that, you know, it looked like there's a, a coin toss between them. That sums it up really, doesn't it, chaps? I think interesting week. Um it got interesting. It was like half time in the six o'clock games and I was bored to tears, but it got good. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It it got really good. Um, just a shame Monday night was a bit of a washout, Craig. Eh? Yes, it is a shame. We're not going to talk about <laughs> it. I'm going to save you from it because it was just an absolute shocker. Let's uh, let's have a stroll down to the corner. So, um, week six, player of the week nominations, lads. Um, I'm putting up Odell Beckham, Jay Ajayi and LaShawn McCoy. Who's your vote, Martin? David Johnson. He was <laughs> awesome. You wrote, you, wrote, you, wrote that, you wrote that list before he went and got over 100 yards and three DD, TDs himself. Yeah. You know, and then, I, and then added another th- nearly, what was it, 30-odd yards in, in the air. That boy, the boy is, I mean, you said about McCoy. McCoy's a great runner, but David Johnson is the best back in football. And he just absolutely smoked the Jets completely. Mark? LaShawn McCoy for me. Um, reason being, Johnson, obviously fantastic performance again. And he wasn't nominated. 
Well, yeah, and there is that. Um, <laughs> fantastic, fantastic performance. But he is able to run that ball in an offense that can throw it. Um, he, what LaShawn McCoy is doing is running, finding holes and playing brilliantly in a team that's got no passing threat whatsoever, um, which makes it all that more impressive for me. Absolutely. I mean, LaShawn McCoy is 34 points. He's, he's only scored 34 points. Um, less than Matt Ryan, uh, 19 points less than David Johnson. And he's, like say, unlike those two teams, he is the Bills. There is nobody else. If it is not LaShawn McCoy, it's not really happening. Shady for me. Shady for me. So we'll give it to Shady this week then. Um, well done yeah. to him. We'll, we'll send him something. I'm sure he'll put it on his, on his mantelpiece or in the toilet. Um, some enormous performances about this week and surprisingly little bad news for fantasy owners not much in the way of big injuries this week so I'll tell you what I was cacking myself when um, LaShawn McCoy went down hurt it was yeah that was so there was a few injuries but well, he, he, he actually got cutting. carted off didn't he he did yeah. Well, yeah. Listen, one of those it looked bad, bad, bad mouths, yeah. yeah it looked bad it in looked real time bad. but he, he was I was pleased when he came back on Let's go to the big one. I mean, everyone expected that performance from JHI, didn't they? I mean, what, what would be really terrible is if you had him in your lineup, heard that Arian Foster was fit and dropped him and then played uh, Richard Jennings instead. That would be a nightmare. What kind of a dickhead would do that? Absolute know. fucking idiot. Absolute <laughs> penis. Someone you, who must you... be maybe one and five in their league, I'd imagine. Can anyone sit there and look <laughs> me directly in the eye and our podcast, the, the, the literally tens of people that listen to this podcast in the eye and tell them me that you wouldn't have done the same thing? No, you wouldn't. I've still got fucking Benjamin on my bench, for God's sake. No, you wouldn't. Why would you drop him? It made no sense. Because I wouldn't have had him in my, I wouldn't have had him no, in my team in the first no, place. Li- to listen yeah, to what I'm saying. Thing. I wouldn't I ha- have had him in my team in the first place. I had to drop him because of substantial injuries on my bench. I've got no fit players on my bench. I'm saying, if you had Jay Ajayi and another running back and you heard that Arian Foster was coming back, would you keep Ajayi on your roster? No. 100%. I, I, I'd, I'd struggle to keep either of the Dolphins running back you don't only do that Craig because it disagrees with what I'm saying if you had him the point that I'm making is if you had him yeah but the reason you would have him is because you had other injuries exactly so if I had him and I bothered picking him up I would at least wait to see if he was worth having like I say I've still got Travis Benjamin on my bench waiting for this man to do something I don't think there's a great deal of value in any of the Miami running backs. You know, I'm tempered with what a Jay's done so far. Foster, he might come back. He's going to get injured again. And then a Jay's back in there. So you'll flip flop between them. You either have both of them or neither of them, as far as I'm concerned, because I don't don't think either of them are trustworthy going forward. He'd only had 42 yards in a single game before this week, had he? And he's not done anything. Plus, I, I don't think you can trust anyone that's got his first name as part of his surname. You've, you've got to look at that being a, an issue moving forward. That's a real niche thing to not trust someone for. Absolutely right. We, <laughs> you, you can't do it. How, you, you know, it makes his name difficult to say. Get rid of him. And he's not British. That dude's not British. Um, <laughs> Matt Stafford, again, with a decent performance. Is he? Would you now consider him in, in the top bracket of people picked up a bargain, getting him in sort of round six, seven? He's always scored a lot of points, hasn't he, Matt Stafford? I think, yeah, he's, I've always thought he was one of the, the better quarterbacks in fantasy football anyway. Um, you know, he's not not missing it, the big weapon too much. He's putting up good numbers. I think you've, you've done well if you've got him, especially if you're in a bit of a bind like certain people who've, you know, drafted people like Cam Newton high and now you're pissed off of yourself. 
Um, or RG3. Think, well, yeah. <laughs> I need a dickhead to do that. Well, <laughs> I, I think it also raises the question of, of how much of Megatron's success was down to having a quarterback actually of the quality of, of Stafford because, you know, he, he's making, you know, Marvin Jones look awesome. He's making, you know, Golden Tate had a big game this week. He's still getting the yards and points, fantasy points that, that he got when Megatron was there. So, you know, I, I think, you know, maybe we're seeing that Stafford is the real deal. A lot of the credit was attributed to, to you know, the wrong man. And, and I mean, not doubting that Megatron was a great player. Yeah, I'm but, not having... I, yeah, Craig's, Craig's going to suck Megatron off now. That, man. I don't know about that. Shut up, you dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Megatron was a baller. I don't know about that. Stafford, the jury's out for me. He's he done this. He's looked good. There's no question about it. It is whether he can put it together f- throughout a season. He's always looked good. Um, it, it, I don't, I'm, I'm not convinced. I want to see him put it together at, at, at later come November, December. Craig, Craig, not convinced in second highest rated quarterback in <laughs> fantasy football shocker. Yeah, no, no, I'm not saying he won't score points, though. I'm not saying he won't score points. That's I mean, not what I'm saying. You, He's always scored points. You would not. We are in fantasy corner. You would not. Um, you would not have got. You you wouldn't have put much stock in Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford being number one and two quarterbacks at the start of the season, would you? Um, you could have picked them both up late, and if you have, the chances are you probably round about the top of your league definitely yeah I mean no, no one could have foreseen I mean perhaps with Ryan because he's got Julio Jones whereas Stafford was one where you look and think he's lost his best weapon Marv you know a, a backup from Cincinnati and a guy who's never really performed in Golden Tate who's he going to be throwing the ball to you couldn't have predicted Stafford was still going to produce if anything, better than he has done over the last couple of years. I think, whoever, yeah, if you've picked either of those two up, you've, you, 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 you've, you know, you've had a right touch. Talking of picking up QBs late, Craig, I'm still waiting to see this Tom Brady drop-off that you were so adamant that was going to happen. Oh, he's still a c***er, he? Fuck Tom Brady. He's such a prick. He's just giving me 10 minutes work there. <laughs> yeah, seriously, fuck Tom Brady. I can't stand him. He, 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 whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he can chuck a ball around. Last last two week, last two weeks, second highest point scoring quarterback behind one other. Who is it? Matt Stafford. No. Case Keenum. Nope. Mr. Marcus Mariota. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that, is that not one of your drops, Dougie? For those that don't know, my fantasy <laughs> season this year in in the league that we all play in has been an absolute unmitigated disaster. Um to the point now where stuff happens on a Sunday and I just laugh because it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> it's bordering on ridiculous now. Um, Tom, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, though, 376 yards, three touchdowns. It's, it's only going to carry on. They're going to win it all, aren't they? Fuck yep. sake. Yep, they are. Fuck this game. Um, it's taken six weeks. We've touched on it earlier. Beckham's back. Uh, just when we were talking about what you might get for him in a trade, um, you now can't get Odell Beckham for love nor money out of anyone in your league. And he killed me this week. Jesus, 32 points. Uh, and I think he had 11, 11 uh, yards at the half. I mean, fuck off, OBJ, mate. What? Unbelievable. The thing is, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Elite players, they have this in the locker and he is clearly one of those top two or three receivers in the league. He's got this massive catch radius, great sharpness. 
you know, he's just clearly mental. He's just obviously that man needs a sports psychologist or some shit because he is batshit crazy, but he's fucking good. He what what I would say about that situation is that he had eleven yards at half time and then the guy that was covering him got a concussion and left the game and he got a backup mm. and he put that back up on toast. He I was gonna come up with some lewd comment there, but no, he just he just fingered him. Um <laughs> so yeah. You were gonna um, come up with one. Yeah. Um I think we'll move on, chaps. Uh I think it's time to help some people out, me if you can and uh, give me a start or sit of the week Martin I think one of the players that's probably available perhaps in, in a lot of leagues that I think is, is in line for, for a lot more work is Devontae Booker over at, uh, at the Broncos the um, CJ Anderson star seems to be falling somewhat Kubiak's come out and said Booker is in line for a lot more work he's looked pretty promising and I think we could see um, see Booker perhaps take that uh, that starting job and, and run with it, so to speak. Devonta Booker for Martin. Uh, Mark, who you got? Uh, well, since the resurgence in the last couple of weeks, I've um, said Titans quarterback Marcus Mariota. Um, it's looking like one of his key weapons is a, a young man by the name of Rashad Matthews. Um, had a stellar week last week and looked like he's coming good only taken in 7% of all fantasy leagues. He's lightly available. He's even available in our league. Um, I think that he might be one to look at picking up. Craig? There was a few on, the, on, on uh, in line for me. I'm going to go with um, Kenny Britt. Uh, looks to have come out this year, although he's been reasonably solid all year. I think only one game uh, with less than 50 yards. Um They've got to throw it to someone. They do so many things with Tavon Austin. We know Gurley's going to get the ball, but he's got to chuck it. Keenum looks like he's, he's turned a bit of a corner and playing well, so Kenny Britt could be in for a point seven next few weeks. I'm going to wrap it up by giving you a name of someone that I think has gone under the radar. Um, I've not had much luck in this department so far this season, but I would be tempted to have a look at Sam Bradford this week. Is available in nearly nine, well, just under ninety percent of leagues, and he scored eighteen points, fifteen points or better in three of the four games that he's played this season. So I'd give him a look. I think he's got a fairly friendly schedule coming up: Philadelphia, Chicago, Washington, uh, and Detroit, all before week twelve. So I think Sam Bradford could be your man if you're in a spot at QB. It looks like um, Stefan Diggs is coming back, which again, that that's a, a weapon that really bolsters Bradford's value. Um, you know, without him, they've looked okay, but I think with him, then um, yeah, that that that's really gonna gonna help him out with a, a deep threat. And what's got two thumbs and picked up Stefan Diggs last week? This guy. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so he, he, I think that's a good time to get out of there. Get out of here, isn't it? Um. All right, lads, we're not going to do a segment this week. We're actually researching for a, a segment that 
we're going to have coming up over the next few weeks. We're going to be picking our our um, all time or our lifetime, sorry, uh, Dream Eleven. So watch out for that in the next few weeks. Mark, you've got some music for us for the one sentence previews, I believe. Yeah, so I was I was at work the other day and I was listening to the soundtrack from Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Um, great film. And there's a song on there called Zorba the Greek. It's nice and instrumental and it's kind of reminiscent of our one sentence previews in that it starts off quite nice and calm and then gets gradually more panicky as you go along. Uh, so I, I thought it would sum us up perfectly. Brilliant. Here it is. And let's get started. Bears at Packers. Aaron Rodgers needs to sort himself out to get Green Bay back on track. Giants at Rams. Could Twickers get treated to seeing both a great running back and wide receiver at work? I have tickets, so I hope so. Saints at Chiefs. Can the Chiefs keep a lid on Breeze? If they can't, there's only one result. Redskins at Lions. The surprisingly relevant Redskins try to continue to prove the doubt is wrong. Vikings at Eagles. The Eagles' flatlining offence needs to pull its finger out or it will be a long day. Bills at Dolphins. With no Jones in run support, Shady could get over two Bills. Browns at Bengals. Another bumming for the Browns. Ravens at Jets. Fitz plays for his job. Raiders at Jags. An unusually interesting game. Tough to pick a winner on this one. Bucks at 49ers. Colin Kaepernick gets a much more favourable matchup. Let's see if he can turn the corner this week. I'll see a 28-21 scoreline. Either way. Colts at Titans. These two have virtually identical offensive production, but this year only the Titans have a defence. Pats at Steelers. The Pats' two monster tight ends to continue to combine for victory. Chargers at Falcons. Two very high-scoring offences could easily be last touchdown wins. Seahawks at Cardinals. Game of the weekend for me, this one. Sit back and enjoy. And rounding it up is the Texans at Broncos. Two of the league's best Ds face off against two of the league's worst offensive. This might this finish 3-0. There you have it. That's the one-sentence previews for Week 7. Um, all that leaves us with is any other business. Who's going to start us this week? I'll go first. Um... Or any other business seems to have drifted a little bit into um, pissing, whinging, and moaning. <laughs> Moan of the so week. <laughs> it's uh, a, lot, a lot, a lot of negativity. So I'm going to try and um, try and come up with something a little bit more more positive. I got a text message um, in the week um, from the blood donor service that told me that the platelet donation that I gave the week before had just been used at Great Ormond Street Hospital. So I was going to say, Boom. anyone out there that doesn't donate blood go and do it it's the right thing to do it's going to help someone out and if you can donate platelets because all it can do is help kids with cancer and things like that it goes to places like Great Ormond Street do the right thing go and help someone out fair play to you you it's like dialysis I suppose you just hooked up to a machine for an hour or two just takes your blood takes the good stuff out of the blood and gives you your blood back you can do it every two weeks I donate platelets every fortnight Let's not make a habit of doing positive ones too often, though, eh? I've, I've got a win, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to lower the tone. All right, Mark, fill, fill your boots. I want, I want some advice off you boys, anyone listening, right? Where Is I that live, a sensible thing before you go on asking us for yeah, advice? Yeah, yeah. In, in this case, I think it will. I, th- I think it will be because I think I'm going to get the answer that I want. Um, along where I live, there's along the street, it's like one road, if you can imagine, and there's no yellow lines or anything, and there's no designated parking or anything like that. Um, but it's kind of understood that you park 
outside your house. You've got one space for a car on your drive, and then everyone parks their second car if they've got one outside their house on the road. Now, in the last couple of weeks, some little fuck from down the road has been parking their car outside my house because there is a snotty teenage boy and there isn't room outside his house because they've already got two cars. What should I do about it? Am I allowed to go and like let his tyres down? Um, so is he, blo- is he blocking you in? Yeah. Well, he's not, he's not blocking in my missus, but I can't park outside my house because he's always parking there. And he always gets back early than me because he goes to school. Um, and he leaves it there when he gets back in because it's kind of the first spot near it, near his house. Um, and I'm obviously, I've got no, you know, I can't say to him, move your car, it's outside my spot, you can park wherever he likes, but it's just the, I think it's rude, and I think he's a little shit <laughs> parking outside my house, and I want to do something to him, and I want to know how what I can get away with. I'm going to I'm gonna jump in here. Stop being a whinging bitch, park down the road and walk for two minutes. You run well, five miles... Or just, or just leave, your, I leave say your drive him. free and park your car, so whenever you leave, whatever yeah. car's left there, put it out the front. So just move two cars and just take that space outside your house. He ain't going to park on your drive, is he? So leave your drive free and then do the switcheroo whenever you have to. If it bothers you that much, then take 30 seconds to move two cars. It's not not a big deal, is it? He's done you there. <laughs> also, what I would say... Martin has actually found the solution. <laughs> I, I, I had a similar situation with, with my driveway and I parked down the road and... Um, the bloke came out of his house and said, what are you parking outside my house for? I said, well, he goes, you wouldn't like it if I parked outside your house, would you? I went, park outside my house anytime you want, mate. I've got a drive. I can fit four cars on it. Deal with it. You know what I mean? You're welcome to park there. Unbunch your pants, park 500 yards away and walk. Well, why can't he do that? Huh? Why can't he do that instead of parking outside my house? Well, he probably is because he's not parked outside his house, is he? Yeah, presumably he'd want to park closer to his own house. He's not parked at your house because he he hasn't seen you one day and gone right. I'm going to stitch that twat up. I don't know. He probably has. (laughs) That didn't go exactly how you wanted, did it? And Mark was certain it was going to. I was certain I was going to get help. (laughs) Well, you've got help. You've got you've got you've got a nailed on solution. Martin's given you the solution. Yeah, that that only works if you've got another car there, though. I can only move the other car if that car is in the house. Buy a third car then. (laughs) All <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> right. Not quite nailed on. Or just just um, measure the Walk distance the from the curb to an open driver's door where they would step. Go out there when you leave in the morning and pinch one off right there. That way, to get out of his car in front of your house, he's got to step into your feces. But would I not then have to step into it when I park there next? Pay your money, take your chance. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you were going to tell me to like go and shit in a bag and put it outside his house or something. No, because we're rational human beings. Hard as that may seem to be. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. You can't even say that with a straight face. Um, I am going to go with my three, po- um, three points. Hey, where did we nick this segment from? <laughs> um, I'm going to go with my any other business today. Um, first, I want to start off by saying I was on the all over podcast you might remember russ he's going to be on soon um he invited me down to chat rugby for a week go and listen to it it's really good they're good blokes and they they probably don't need our help because they've got lots of listeners anyway but i should mention that give them a listen check them out on twitter and facebook at mall over and that's mall as in a mall a rugby pitch mall you know um not a shopping mall 
that's about it really not a lot's happened to me this week I've worked a lot so I'll, I'll throw it over to Craig so mine's going to be I'm hitting a trainer event on a weekend called Cripsy and I'm going to put it on Facebook and on the Twitter and if you listen to this and you're there and you see me come say hi and I'll film you and ask you a question about NFL and I'm going to put it on our Twitter and on our Facebook so I'm going to be walking hold around. the phone somebody is going to do something with our Twitter and Facebook and I, it's not I, me I am um, it's going to be it's going to be good it's going to be Shit. entertaining and I'm going to be in some fly crepes so if you're at Crep City uh, and you see me uh, holler and uh, we'll get signed up I literally understood none of that sentence Crep City <laughs> holler you, you, what you, 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 you wouldn't <laughs> And I'll have, I'll have you know, Doug, I got some replies from some geezer in the States on our Twitter account on uh, on Sunday watching the Seahawks game because I made the uh, the comment that everyone hates the Seahawks. Mate, you didn't put that on our Facebook, on our Twitter. You put that on your I, Twitter. No, it was on ours. <laughs> mm, I was the only person operating that Twitter account on Sunday. You're wrong. Check it again. All right, I will. Um, I, I mean, that's a good segue into saying that you can catch us on uh, Long Snap Pod on, on, on the Twitter and as I said earlier, you've got your Tuesday PM Long Snapper at WordPress and the Long Snapper pod at Facebook. Check us out. We're, we're fighting willfully to get this podcast listened to. So tell your friends, share, share all the stuff, and uh, we'll leave you alone now. I uh, can't see that, Mark. Um, it's, it's, it's radio, mate. <laughs> it's, it's, me, it's me proving you wrong, Doug. It's me proving you wrong. Bullshit, right. no call for PI on the Seahawks. Okay, you you had one tweet. Well done. Um, three, three actually. Let's uh, let's go. Let's wrap it up. Laters. Cheers, boys. Thank you, mate. Cheers. All right. So this is the bit of the pod where we talk about our own fantasy league. It's a bit sycophantic and uh, whatever. You don't have to listen to this if you're not in the Wonkers to a Man League. If you want to be in the Wonkers to a Man League, you can submit an application to Adam Heap and he'll ignore it. It's been a good week. Uh, some huge scores again. Craig dropped a bollock and it pains me to say it, but Martin, you're back on top of our division again. It, it's just so boring. Is it? The New England Patriots of, <laughs> yeah. our, of our league. Well, yeah, I'll I'll say, got, if you can't be good, be lucky. It's uh, what we've both four and two. Yeah, there's and, you uh, three are all four and two. It's um, it's because it's 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 getting kind of competitive. Scores um, you, you walked into walked into a big score this week to uh, end zone heroes, who uh, I think I've called a few times, and they had the potential to score those big points, 120 points something in the end. Um, it's a nightmare when you walk into a player who's going to get you big points. Odell Beckham Jr., 32 points. It's a tough one. Tough one. 4 and 2. I think oh, it's wide open still. It's wide open, unless your name well, is Dougie Andrews. <laughs> it certainly looked closer in the national division than it is the international division. You think yeah. Vince is now, what, two clear games ahead of everyone else in there, and he looks it's pretty tight, nailed on. behind the... them, though. Oh, yeah the, yeah, the rest of the pack. There's still a lot in there. He's the only one seemingly nailed on for a playoff place at the moment. Two games clear already. But then you've got a pack of, well, the rest of the division's only split by a game. So, you know, that's pretty tight and probably pretty similar to us. 
by yourself, Doug, who's completely adrift. But <laughs> Doug's got to be happy this week. He managed to get up to 68 points. That's pretty solid for him. Look, have you done 70 points yet, Doug? Mm, first week, I beat Martin. Yeah, ran, ran, random event by, by having to play a kicker that you didn't want to. But well, well, look. <laughs> if any, if any of you can hand on heart say that your team would survive the injuries that my team has, then fair play to you. It wouldn't. I'm telling you, it wouldn't. My first two running backs, my flex player. I got, I got bailed out by having Vinatieri on the wire, which got me 12 points. I was chuffed with that best kicker in football. Kickers matter. Um, and then, and then the Cardinals bailed me out um, against the Jets. With, with their 18 points that got me over the line. I was eight eight behind going into it against the All-Stars. Happy days, four and two. Still not convinced of my team, though. Let me just sum it up. My bench this week was Doug Martin, Thomas Rawls, Stefan Diggs on a bye, Will Fuller and Tyler Eifert. No team's going to survive those injuries. Everyone gets injuries, yeah, exactly. What you, no, I don't know what everyone you gets injuries. Not what, everyone what gets five what injuries. Not everyone gets five injuries. It's ridiculous. Anyway, um, if if you had to right now, would you look anywhere other than Vince for the best team? Just go for his team. At the moment, you're looking at Rivers, Spencer Ware, Tevin Coleman, Michael Crabtree and Eddie Lacey. But the, the key factors there are, are Gronkowski and Julio Jones. It's got some weaknesses though, isn't it? You yeah. Think, yeah. Those, those running backs, I, I, I don't think you can bank on Lacey doing much for you this year. And where he could drift out of it if Charles comes back, and you know, and that's a could end up being a, a three-way mess at, at Kansas City. I mean, I've, I've, I backed where early doors to say that I thought he was going to be the the back that was going to step into Charles's is you know that space left by him. But th- 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 there's a couple of bits there. You'd be a bit like mm, Jones monster, you know, Gronk monster, but the rest you're thinking. It's a bit boom and bust. I think you could be all right there, and he's obviously been all right so far, but I don't know if I'm completely convinced by by that. I, I still think the learners have probably got a, a stronger team, and as luck would have it, I managed to get the uh, the week where he's got um, the Vikings players for him on a bye, which, and obviously their defense which is pretty good. Who'd, who'd have thunk it? Lucky, lucky so, again. Yes. Yeah. So he had, he, had, he had to drop players to pick up another defense and bits and pieces, so it you know, and a few players underperformed for him, but yeah, I, I still think um, Rushby's team on paper looks like one that's going to still go and, and be there come the playoffs. Yeah, to, I think Vince's team. There's you, you look at it. You've obviously got Gronk, Breeze, brilliant, but to have two players get one and one point seven and still score one hundred and twenty-seven points, you've got to have an awful lot go right with you. That's you know, that's that's good, but you ain't going to get that every single week. I still like the, the Enzo and Heroes. I, I think at some point, Bell, Beckham, Cooks is is a really dynamic player. If you can get anything out of Williams, which I think you still can, I think he's got value. Uh, and if Des Bryant does come back, I, I think that team, well, it's got the ability to score big points. It's I think it's still wide open. I think it's still absolutely wide open and it's all about form. I know for a fact that you know, my team heavily hinges on the success of Shady and Zeke uh, back then to in the beginning. And I think everyone's in a very similar position. Obviously, um, with the uh, everlasting caveat exclusive of you, Doug. What, what's, the number of, what's the number of wins to get to the playoffs? Seven. Was it seven in ours? Got to be. 
with a lot of teams at three and three though, there's only you got there's only only three uh, four teams with winning records. So even at it'd take a miracle, it'd take my entire team to come back. But if I don't win next week, I'm out. You know, I've got I've yeah. essentially got to win out. So that's not going to start planning for next year then, Doug. Well, <laughs> it depends, really, doesn't it? Are we going? Are we going back to an auction draft? Are we going to a snake draft next year? You know, I like auction. I think auction has got time to run. I think we need to do it with the waiver budget. I think auction is is certainly got another two years. I would say to get the most out of it. One thing I'd say about the league that no one's picked up on yet is that the new team, Eagle Bazooka Line, the team with the best logo in the league. They have Matthew Stafford and Tom Brady, so if you're looking for a quarterback, they're a trade target. But we've not seen... I mean, trades is something worth worth talking about. Mm. Only in so much as has the reduction in bench spaces really reduced the need to trade because there's that little bit more value out there on the waiver wire and people have been a little bit more tentative around trading because they think maybe they can pick something up. I, I don't necessarily think it's that. I think it's um, the majority of the trades, if you go back in our league, have been two-for-ones. Um, the majority of trades in fantasy football are probably two-for-ones. So in order to take a two-for-one trade, you've got to lose the player you're trading plus one of the other players from your bench. And with the benches being quite condensed and quite concentrated, I don't think people are willing to trade the players because they don't want to give up that extra player in a two-for-one. Yeah, so so effectively the bench spaces have one uh, perhaps got twofold effect. One, you don't want to let you know someone go out the door. You might as well almost say to the other player who's the worst player on your team. Yeah. You want to get shot of. You might as well put him, you know, package him up on a, a deal for me for my two good players for your one good player and a, a bench warmer because if you're going to release him anyway, and the fact that there's a lot more value seemingly left out there on the on the waiver wire for us to, to pick up. So there's been a, you know, the, the reduction in bench spaces has had quite a, an impact both ways on um, on the track. And that, we don't fucking trust each other is the, the other thing. We're always, oh, we're, we're, we're that's always trying to have each other over. That's what that's, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's early doors as well. We're yeah. only it's not early it's doors, early we're doors. halfway through the season. I think the next, it's, it's the run into the playoffs that you might get a bit of trade action. Um, I, I, I don't trust you motherfuckers I'll tell you that much <laughs> right boys I'm going to wrap it up because I've got to go and edit this and it's getting on so we'll see you next week and um, bad luck to all of you later cheers, cheers. boys see you later